Don't wait. Get this limited-time holiday offer only from Fios. Click the banner to get incredibly fast 150 meg internet TV and phone for only $79.99 per month online for the first year. Plus, you'll get a $200 Visa prepaid card with a two-year agreement. This offer is now extended to December 16th. Blog Talk Radio. CCVIP podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Mazaki. Today we have a very special show for you. I'm joined by tech experts who are going to dish the dirt on the accessibility of iPhones and Android devices. So far, we only have two of our guests calling in, but I'm here in the studio with Gus Chalkius. He's head of the demo center here at CCVIP. Say hi, Gus. Hello. He teaches the visually impaired people how to use accessible features of all kinds of devices, including PCs, Macs, iPhones, tablets, and more. He's also the star of many of our YouTube videos. Also with us is Chris Grabowski of Mystic Access. He's, worth, he's worked in the assistive tech field for more than 20 years. He creates audio tutorials and documentation for blindness-specific products, as well as accessible mainstream products. Say hi, Chris. Hello. Hi. Um, we're also waiting for Florian Bayors and Lynn Tatum to call in, but let's get started. Sure. Welcome to the show, everyone. Um, I'd like to ask you, Chris, how long have you been an Android user, and and why do you like it? Uh, I've been using Android for just about a year. Um, I started off with a Nexus 7 tablet and then um I liked it so much that I got a uh, Samsung Galaxy Note 2 uh phone and um I like it because you can get under the hood and, and configure and you know be a little geeky with it. 
What kinds of things do you do when you're under the hood? Tell me a little bit about that. Um, well, not really under the hood, um, but more or less things that you can't do with uh, iOS because of it being sandboxed. You can do with Android. Uh, like you can install uh, talking caller ID programs, uh, you know, apps that can intercept calls. I can actually have my phone, uh, when a phone call comes in, I install this app that allows you to bring the phone to your head in order to answer it, and then you could shake it to hang up, or if you want to ignore it, you just flip the phone over. Mm -hmm. That sounds great. And, and what about you, Gus? Tell me why you prefer iOS over Android. Uh, I, I mean, just in terms of accessibility, I just find that there are more features. Um, it, there's a lot. Of, for me, it's a better user interface, um, and I've had a, an easier time of accessing different things that I want to access, you know, like like the Internet, for one. Um, the, you know, I've, I've just, I really enjoy the, you know, surfing on my device when, when obviously when I'm not near my PC or my, or my desktop computer, but when I'm on, you know, I'm on the go and I need to search something, looking on, online is actually uh, easy or easy-ish. <laughs> so you're saying it's like the search fe features and the usability that you like versus like Chris is like, like wanting to get in and, and customize it, that you're like, you're, you're sort of happy with it the way it is out of the box. Is that right? Uh, I, yeah. I mean, there were, are there things that um, iOS could do better and or differently? Absolutely. You know, I'm not going to say that that's not the case. But I think in terms of the uh, screen reader, uh, the accessibility features in terms of screen reading, um, I think it's more fleshed out, or I just feel like it's more fleshed out than my experience with Android. What about you, Chris? What about what about the accessibility features? Do you think that 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 Android ha has the same amount of like accessibility, like flexibility when you're like when you're looking for things on your phone, when you're trying to text people, when you're trying to look for emails, that sort of thing? Um, yes, it it does. Um, but there are a lot of replacement apps that you can uh, you can install if you don't want to use. Uh, Chrome, you can use Firefox, which is sure. supposedly more accessible than Chrome. Um, one thing that I, I don't like about Android is the um, the way that uh, updates are pushed out. Like um, they go through the carrier, they go through the manufacturer first, and then they go through the carrier. And if the carrier and manufacturer decide they want to push out, you know, main I, uh, operating system updates, then you get your update. If not, then you have to go in and, and do all these rooting and installing custom ROMs and things like that, which I can't be bothered to do. So, <laughs> uh, for example, my Galaxy Note 2 is still on Android version 4.12, and they're now on version 4.4. Uh -huh. Well, one of our other guests has joined us. This is Florian Bayor. Florian, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. Um, Florian is a 20. Hi, Florian. He's a 21-year-old 
Dutch, yes, I can. Dutch computer science student. And he's been working with computer systems since he was seven years old. Not only is he fluent in MS-DOS and several versions of Windows and Mac OS X, Linux, iOS, Android, and Symbian, he also speaks several languages. Welcome to the show, Florian. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's uh, a pleasure. My apologies for, uh, for a bit of uh, latency there. I had to do some monkey bowling to get actually into the show because the uh, Skype button was misbehaving. But I'm here now. Yeah. Thank you. I'm sorry about that. No, oh, I, don't, I was wondering if you could tell us, how do you compare Android's accessibilities to iOS features? I think that is a very dangerous question to ask. Why do you say that? Why is that a dangerous question? <laughs> the thing with Android versus iOS is that uh, in some ways these are Apples and oranges, really. Of course, we're both talking about phone systems. We're both talking about uh, operating systems for our phones. So in, in that regard, we're talking about the same thing. But the way iOS works when it comes to uh, their ecosystem and the way they are designed, it's radically different from how Google implements things. So there is going to be a bit of a switch when you go from one to the other. Overall, I would say iOS is ahead by a small margin at the moment from the... Uh, and that's that saying the the non-customized Android uh, versions. I remember, Chris, was it? Yes. Was mm-hmm. was talking about the uh, manufacturers' uh, versions of Android. This is a snag because what's what's happening here is that uh, these manufacturers or these carriers um, add their own sauce, so to speak, to the Android operating system, which can hamper accessibility. This doesn't happen to iOS devices, of course, because exactly. it's one one general. Uh, one-size-fits-all system, and that's its strength as well as its weakness in my eyes. Where Android comes in is that it just has uh, the latest... um, When you have the latest version of Android and the latest unmodified version of Android, you can either get that by getting a phone that Google approved, like the Nexus series, or you can, as uh, Chris said, root and install a custom ROM to get that experience. In that regard, I think accessibility is pretty similar uh, on these devices. Now, have you noticed like certain phone companies, are, do they modify the the Android operating system um, like a little bit more or a little bit better, worse or better for accessibility? Is is that a feature that anybody's actually sort of documented or paid attention to? Like, say, is Motorola uh, Motorola better than um, Galaxy or Nexus or something like that? A bit of a, it's a bit of a, of a hit and miss thing. Nexus, uh, everything that has Nexus in the name is, uh, is unmodified by default. Nobody messes with that because it's, uh, it's Google stuff. When it comes to Samsung, uh, Samsung uses the TouchWiz interface, which I have been told is pretty usable. It it's, can get a little troubled sometimes, but it's pretty, pretty much fully usable. I don't know about Motorola or HTC. I think HTC is, is a great deal harder to use uh, than, the, than the stock operating system, and that is where um, custom launchers come in. I mean, Android's uh, flexibility, which is far greater than uh, iOS's flexibility in this regard, is that you can pretty much mix and, max, mix and match gosh, uh, different parts of the operating system uh, that you don't like. For example, if you have an inaccessible home screen because of these carrier changes, you can just swap it out for another one. And it, it'll just yeah, I work. did that with my uh, Galaxy. I swapped out uh, the TouchWiz for Apex Launcher. I use Apex myself. Very nice program, yes. Tell, yes. tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about Apex and how does that work. 
Apex is a um, what's called a launcher. A launcher is basically what an iOS would be a home screen. Um, where Apex shines is it, it, it has a very nice uh, way of doing. It has a sort of iOS-ish way of displaying apps. So you have pages, and on these pages you have apps. You can build a dock. You have these uh, little tricks. Uh, for example, but what, but for example, is very nice. It, it has a, it's a tiled interface in a, in a degree. Everything has a, has its place on the screen in a sort of grid kind of way. So what you can do in Apex, which is very nice, and which you can't do, at least not to my knowledge, in other launchers, is you can put your finger on an empty tile, so to speak. It'll say, yeah, it'll say home screen so and so. And when you tap and hold on that, you actually get a little pop-up menu where you can select what you want to put there. You don't have to drag around apps or such. You can just put it in that place, and it'll be there right on the spot you tapped, which is a very nice accessibility thing. Gus, is there anything comparable to that in uh, on the iPhone? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, that sounds no. really cool. You can uh, you can do that on the iPhone because uh, that this is where this uh, inflexibility comes in for uh, the right. iPhone. You are not allowed to mess with the uh, system apps. Right, you just um, you have to you can drag things to different positions and re, you know um, position them where you want them, but it's definitely not as as simple as what as what Florian just described. So that sounds really nice. That does sound really nice. Mm-hmm. You know, what about KitKat? I understand the rollout of it isn't really universal yet. Does anybody know why? Can somebody talk talk a little bit about that? I can actually KitKat. KitKat, um, and this is this is actually what Chris was referring to uh, just a while ago. Um, the, when a, when a new version of Android is pushed out, usually it first goes to these Nexus phones, which I said these are these these are the Google phones basically. This is uh, incidentally also the phone I have. I have the Nexus 4, which is the uh, not the final implement, not the final iteration, but the one before that. They came out last year, I believe. But uh, this is. Uh, this already has KitKat. I already have KitKat, and it took a couple of weeks for me to, to get that. Yeah, and I think that's because you're in you're in Holland, and mm-hmm. and I th- I don't think it's really been universally rolled out here in the U.S. Uh, no, some reason depends, they're waiting here. It, de- it depends so, on the the phone, like the Nexus phones and tablets will get it first. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Nexus Seven already has KitKat. Uh huh. I have it but, as well, but uh, when you get to different different brands, and this is what Chris meant, carriers and and mainly actually not carriers, but mainly the phone manufacturers themselves first want to see what they can do to either optimize uh, the KitKat release for their handsets or yeah. actually build crapware in it that nobody needs, but that they right. think should be on a phone, which, which causes <laughs> these lags. And this is also the reason updates go so very slow. It, it's a very fragmented picture when it comes to uh, Android updates and stuff. And that is one drawback of Android phones is the crapware that they put on it. Uh, like like my phone, for example, has like a Blockbuster app. <laughs> it has, um, what else? It doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah. Well, on my phone it does. <laughs> but the stores it, don't. It exists not, not <laughs> physically. I think the stores are gone, they yeah, the, and yeah. I have a Madden NFL 11 app. I, you know, I have all this stuff on here that I, I only the only time I it, it's ever activated is by accident. So, <laughs> and, 
<laughs> and I really and that that is one thing that I have to say that that not that I'm that that I really have a dog in this fight here but that I really don't like about an Android phone is is the stuff that they they add on unfortunately mm-hmm. I'm a bit of two minds on that I mean I also have an Asus laptop and they also like to do that kind of stuff mm-hmm. I have a, I have a heap of, of unused Asus stuff that I really don't know what to do with but I have this, this theory that when it doesn't get in my way, it's just sitting there doing nothing. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. sure, it's crap there, but it, it's not bothering me. So let it let it be there. And if I need if I need it gone, I'll remove it. No, and you can do that on you can do that on Android as well. I mean, that that would that would involve most likely uh, rooting because generally manufacturers don't like it when you think their crap is crap. But right, right. <laughs> now, you know, one thing I would like to ask about. Now, here at CCVIP, we teach a lot of people how to use devices. And a lot of times people will bring in their own devices and and ask us to show show them how to use it. Now, Gus, you you showed a lot of people here at the school, at our school, how to use iPhones, how to use Androids. And what's, like, if a person is, like, coming to a smartphone for the first time, like, I mean, and I know there's no, you can't really generalize here, but how do people react to like iPhones versus Androids? Well, I mean, there's a few there's a few things I can say about that. I think the what what uh, what is being Florian? described in in terms of both of you know the Android and customizing it and all that stuff. A lot of the people that we deal with are new and beginner users, and they don't have the knowledge or experience or wherewithal to actually go through all those steps um which you know is it, it's that's one that's the first thing that that i have to that we definitely deal with here at ccvip so one of the you know when it comes to a ready to use kind of you know i know um you guys both have have said that you know there's limitations to the iOS ecosystem and i totally agree with that but at the same time there's a lot of benefit to that especially when you're uh working with a population that's not familiar with uh with this type of device or who is transitioning from you know using a typical flip you know number keypad phone to a to a touch device uh, it really helps to have something that's as standardized as as the iPhone, as the iOS operating system has uh, tended to be since you know since they've introduced the accessibility features. Um, so well, that's one um, thing. I can make a yeah. I can please. make a comment on that really quickly, and that yeah. is uh, my mother is uh, a sighted individual, mm-hmm. and uh, I would never give her a an Android device uh, because <laughs> no, why do you say that? That why do you say that? Because she is is not computer literate at all. Yeah. Uh she has an iPad and thinks it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yep. So And I and I think yeah. that's generally true um with people who are new or new ish to technology or to you know to these types of devices is they want something right. that's that's more of a controlled environment um or something that's more i don't want to say stable but it's it's different right like the, Standard the having, well i mean if you think about the fact that you have to switch out your home screen so that so that it's it's a better one that's similar to what you know what iOS looks like then that just in and of itself tells me that the, I mean I don't I personally don't like the home screen that comes with with the Android devices um 
and and I get it, and I get why why one would switch out, but it it kind of um, it, it leaves me kind of speechless that that's the initial state of the device. Actually, if I can just chip in there real quick. Sure, of course. What I think you should uh, keep in mind, and this is why I said we're comparing apples to oranges here, is that um, when you take an unmodified version of Android, say on the Nexus phone, this is actually as standardized as you can get when it comes to Android. You'll get the complete vanilla Google Android experience which, in, at least in my opinion, is quite usable from the get-go. You don't really need to. You can mess around with things and change things around, but you don't have to. You can perfectly work with the stuff that's on there already. And in regards to the home sure. screen, yeah, you can do the, the nice uh, flip-around icon gimmicks, but you can actually you can put icons on your screen. You can move them around. It's not as streamlined as iOS is, but you, you certainly can use that. Hmm? Now, now, I have a question about apps. Now, apps are everybody i mean everyone has a phone but but mostly people making phone calls is some of the things that we do the least with our phones nowadays now what are what are your sort of dream apps that you would like to see like accessible apps maybe that that say the iPhone has that that Android doesn't have or vice versa or maybe some yeah. sort of app that you'd like to see that actually hasn't quite been developed yet i want tap tap c for the android <laughs> right, that's, right. That's pretty much the only one that I can really think of for for Android. When it comes to um, apps, I'm pretty much uh, covered. This is why I'm pretty much. I, I have an iPhone as well. I have both, and I, mm-hmm. I generally use them both interchangeably. The thing with that is that usually the iPhone used to be my primary phone when I was still learning Android, and. Um, what I've been doing mainly is, is getting used to the operating system, which actually took far shorter than I expected initially. And uh, I found out soon enough that most of the apps that I use on my iPhone either already exist on Android and are quite accessible or can actually be found an alternative for using, for uh-huh. example, the iStreet list. So I can't say I, I really need something on the iPhone that's not, not there yet on Android. People what about you, Chris? Uh-huh. What about you, Chris? Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I actually agree. I have an iPad as well, so I have my foot in both camps. And uh, some of the apps that I use, like I use an app called Taxi Magic, and it's accessible on both platforms, um, as well as another app uh, called Harvest, which is a uh, time tracking and invoicing app. And ironically, it's more accessible on the Android than it is on the iOS device. That's really interesting. Have you noticed that with other apps that some are more accessible on Android than than on the iPhone? Yeah, and it goes the other way too. I mean, obviously there are some of the same apps that's more accessible on the iPhone than it is on Android as well. Speaking of Taxi Magic, our last podcast, which we did actually quite a while ago, was with Taxi Magic, and they they talked about how they um, inter- they interviewed a lot of visually impaired people to make their app very usable. So. I'm glad to hear you're using them. They sound like such a great company. Unfortunately, we don't have it here in New York. That's we right. Don't we don't have it in it. New York yet. Well, <laughs> well I won't even eventually. say something about the Netherlands. And we, we, we don't even have. We haven't even heard of Taxi Magic. Yes. Oh really? <laughs> I, I know of well, it. Well, you heard of it now. <laughs> I, I know of it because I read forums and stuff, but I really, it really doesn't exist here. Yeah, yeah, you don't. You don't have like accessible um, cab apps in the Netherlands. 
Uh, it's a bit of a. It's not, there's not really a central agency that governs that governs that kind of thing. There, there huh. Taxi companies <laughs> all over the country that really uh, define. It's region specific, really. Well, you hear that? You heard that here first, people. CCVIP podcast. You have to get to work in the Netherlands and develop yeah, I'll, I'll have an accessible to, I'll have cab system. Yep, I will do. This. <laughs> I'm a computer science student. I will do this. <laughs> That's great. That's the, the, the only the only thing I wish that that app would do is um, when the fare is done, tell you the price. You still have to rely on the cab driver to find out how much your fare is. But really, it doesn't that, you tell you the price. Huh. No. Well, yeah, yeah the, app, the only the thing basically summons the cab, and, and that's pretty much it, right? Uh, it summons the cab. It sends you texts uh, when the cab is on its way. It <laughs> tells you the dri- the name of the driver, the cab number, how far away they are from you. Yeah. Uh, when you get in the cab, it, um, it it tells you to have a nice uh, ride once the you know. <laughs> <laughs> the cab starts the meter, and then it, it, but when you make your payment, which is really cool, so you make your payment, and um, uh, you'll hear this announcement from the front seat that says Taxi Magic, and the the amount, the dollar amount, whatever your fare is, has been approved. So you know mm, you know that it. But you don't but know what the amount is. The fare. Oh, wow. that's right. You have to ask that's... them what the amount is. Oh, huh. that's terrible. You know the amount after you've paid. <laughs> That's so helpful. You've just paid three thousand dollars. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, what yeah. about Uber? Well, you... What about what about some of the other apps like Uber? Is that accessible? Have do you use that? I have not tried it. No. Okay. It, it's accessible with iOS. I haven't used it uh, per se, but I have created an account with it, and I put in all my information and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe the Europeans speaking, but what the hell is Uber? It's, oh, another, it's, it's another, another cab. Yeah, it's uh, another taxi better. cab app. <laughs> in the, we're in big on cabs uh, these days. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially in New York, we're big on cabs. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, we we uh, a lot of our New York City cabs are supposedly equipped with um, accessible um, touchscreen devices in the back uh, from, that, you, that a person can access from the back seat and it'll tell you where like what your relative location is in the city and it'll also tell you what your what your fare is uh, unfortunately I'd say about eight seventy percent of my cabs that I get into don't have it functioning properly so I'm like reporting every cab that I get into I have to report to the city um, so it's been it's been uh, frustrating to do that, but but we we you know Uber works, and I know um, we have another app uh, called Wow Taxi that also works really well, but uh, but doesn't do fair like just like you said, Chris, no fair um, information. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have to use a combination of technologies to do to make that work. You know, I think now is a good time for a short break, and then when we come back, we have a lot of people on hold, and maybe we'll take some calls. Cool. So let's just take like about a two and a half minute break, and then we'll be right back. Works for me.
Alright, we'll pull up here. Sorry, thanks. Back. All right, well, we're back, and I think that we have. I think we're joined by Hello. Lynn Tatum. Hello, Lynn. Welcome back to the show. Welcome can to you the hear show. Me? Yes, I can. Okay. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Oh, My Lynn, pleasure. so tell us a little bit about um, your iOS conversion experience. Well, I mean, people will laugh. I'm certainly not the most techie there, really. But I, my, my big thing was I kept hearing Gus's weather app, frankly. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God, because I was using a Windows phone with, I believe it was MobileSpeak at the time. And, oh, my God, I loved it. The phone was just so beautiful, and it had a keyboard and all of that. And I was able to use Twitter and everything. And, and the, uh, the, the uh, browser was not bad. And, you know, it was great and everything, and it had Word, Excel. I could work the media player, but I could not get the weather on that phone to save my life. <laughs> and, so, and so someone said to me, oh, Lynn, you'll like, you'll like, and I said, as Gus will say, when he, you know, suggested I at least try the Apple ecosystem, if you will, I said, well, that's nice for you, Gus. <laughs> but I was a, a huge Apple naysayer, and I'm not going to sit here and lie. Uh, but when I, uh, but someone said, you'll love it, Lynn. It's a computer. It's a, like a portable computer. Well, that was, that was it for me. And I, uh, we, I got a, an iPhone 4, and I just haven't turned back. But, but I wanted to say, because I've been listening and I thought, I heard someone say, um, not in this podcast, but on another, that I have, I mean, the Android, it's all about choice for me. Whatever works for you works. Um, but one of the things I think might, well, I would do anyway, is I wouldn't purchase a phone necessarily, but I wouldn't mind <clears throat> getting my hands on a tablet like a Nexus 7 or something like that. Uh, so that I could play with it, and because I understand, you know, there's Google Now, and and I love Google Search, and uh, just a lot of the Google apps, and and uh, I do want to ask a question though. Uh, I got a chance to briefly play with the Nexus Seven. Can you turn off those sounds that it makes as you're moving your finger around <laughs> the screen? <laughs> yes, yes. <you> can. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that can but drive can people bonkers. It can be useful, but it can also be very annoying. Ah, thank you. <laughs> it's can you give Lynn a quick tutorial? Can you give Lynn a quick tutorial on how to do do it? Um, in the settings, you can go to your settings application and then to accessibility and to talk back. There's a settings button within that uh, window, which I think there is an option to turn off the sound. It's pretty easy to find, really. Thank you very much. Not a problem. All right. All right, let's take some calls. We have a lot of people holding. There's this one caller that's been holding for quite a while, and it's uh, it's a uh, you're on you're on our screen one 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 one. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hello. Hello. It it might have been me because I was no no it's not you. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> all right, well I'll put them. I don't back think on he one 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 wants to answer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I guess not. All right, let's try let's try this caller. Right, Hello, three zero one four nine zero. What's your name and where are you calling from? 
Hello. Hmm. I guess that person doesn't want to talk to us either. All right. Let's try <laughs> try this person. Hello? Uh, let's see. Ooh, I'm hearing sound, I think. Hello? Um, 347256? Uh, hi. Hi. What's My your name, name and where are you calling from? I'm Kayla from New York. From Hi, Long Kayla. New York. Great. Hello. Did you have a question for us? Um, I just want to let you know that I love iOS so much. I've been using it for over two years now, and I really love it. It's really good. <laughs> what um, do you like about it? I like the weather app. I like... <laughs> Yeah, it's really good. Thank you. A big seller, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Weather is very important here. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, I also like that you can use Twitter on it and Facebook. I use it as a kind of like a computer. The only thing you really can't do that you can do with a computer is get the Adobe Flash Player, which you won't really need with the iOS. Because I like to go on websites that on my computer that you need Adobe Flash Player. So, like, okay. But I do most of everything on my iOS device. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably the way everyone is using their phone as a computer. Yep. Pretty yeah, much. pretty much. Right. Like, I, 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 used to, I used to have a regular flip phone, and I... It, really didn't it wasn't so accessible i can only make phone calls with it i couldn't text or anything so ever since i got the iphone i've been texting a lot so i really love it mm-hmm. i use it as a television <laughs> <laughs> i do i i downloaded the um the time warner cable app and i and i i now watch television or listen to television primarily on my iDevices I because it's it's accessible i can choose it by show i can choose it by category of shows or category of programming. If I want to watch news, I can bring up all the news programming that's available at any given time and select it um, by program. So. The Americans can do that. As the Europeans are still in the beginning phases of that kind of oh, thing. Oh, really? Yeah. But, but you guys also, it, you guys have talking cable boxes in some parts of Europe as well, so we don't, we don't uh, have that either. That is, that is very, very region specific. I think the UK has that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never seen it here in the Netherlands. I never heard of talking cable boxes. Yeah, they do really exist. We'd love them here. So yeah, that's one of my new favorite things. I've been doing. I've been using that for about two months now, and it's Mm. been like a complete, completely different way to access television. We do have the Blindy TV app. Have you used that? Have you heard of that? Briefly, briefly, I have, Sherry. What is the Blindy Blindy TV? TV. Blindy TV. Yes, and it, it's an annotated. Well, it's not annotated. It's a it's a audio visual. Describe. It's audio an audio described version of television shows. Oh. It's quite good, and they do a lot of comedies. So they well, do. Thanks for, okay. Yeah. Thanks for calling in, Kayla. You're welcome. Let's try another call. Yeah. Um, hold on here. I think three o three o one four nine o. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hello. Three o one four nine o. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hmm. Thanks. Well, I, I guess like 
Space. I know. <laughs> Hello? I guess we'll try another caller. Um, 301-490. Hello? I think you had that one already. <clears throat> All right. Let's try someone else then. Six four six nine three two. Hello? Where are you calling from? Hello? Six four six nine three two. Sherry, can I just break in with something? Sure, absolutely. Uh, I just wanted to say that I I don't know, um, and I'm certain that um, Chris and Florian will um, let me know, but I love my phone as a GPS device. Some years ago, I said to Maria, I said, uh, you know, it would be great if I could if we could get off the bus and we wouldn't have to depend on uh the drivers to let us know when to get off the bus and that is true and we have so many apps from which to choose i happen to like blind square and sendero's look around uh and we used it even this evening getting off a bus uh the number one bus because if we don't get off the bus at a particular stop we're an avenue over and who knows how many streets up so it it just i just have a level of independence so much so that if i leave my phone home and i'm uh and i know i have before i've gotten to the bus stop i will run back to get it <laughs> so, well that's like true I didn't, I didn't, yeah. yeah lynn actually i didn't introduce you properly she's a senior oh. instructor here at ccvip and she's taught here at, at CCVIP for more than 15 years. She's developed a lot of our PC-based curriculum, and she teaches a variety of classes, and she's also been a feature player in many of our videos. And Lynn has also demonstrated that specific app, Blind Squared, and some other Seeing Eye GPS apps, iPhone apps, in a lot of the videos that we've done here at CCVIP. So yes, and and I think that was actually one of the videos that that we we did a, an entire episode on was the Blind Square app, and we we actually just used it in a cab, but obviously yeah. the same thing applies on a bus or not. I don't think it's very accessible in a subway because we don't have Wi-Fi there, but but on a bus it's certainly very good. Certainly yeah. very. But useful. what chances are you lose your GPS signal in a subway anyway, mm-hmm. so it wouldn't work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Your pretty much any signal. any kind of any kind of big structure, you would have that problem. Mm-hmm. But as as far as Android goes, um, I personally use uh, Nearby Explorer from American Printing House. I really wish. A, I really wish that full, in Europe. It's it's what a full you? turn by turn uh, full turn by turn GPS application, and uh, the best thing I could really compare it to would be the Sendero applications on the note takers because it gives you all that look around information and the turn by turn and all that it's you know or the Sendero seeing eye if you've used that as well mm-hmm. that's really interesting we'll have to check that out actually we are in our next podcast I it's uh, we've done an interview with Kamiar Corderi for um, TRX and he he's telling us about a new sort of a new navigation app that people will be able to narrate their own destination and 
and put that in as an overlay on on a GPS kind of app. So it's very exciting. So um, next time you can tune in to find out a little bit more about that. So, well, what's going on? I don't know. It sounds like Darth Vader. Someone <laughs> go to the board, your Padawan. I am your operating system. Oh, oh. Android is taking revenge for all the iPhone covers. <laughs> right. All right. So. A nearby explorer, I really, I really, really want that app to work in Europe. It doesn't yet. They are apparently working on that, but I really want that app to work. What other, what kind of GPS-based apps are you using in Europe? Uh, there's not much. Uh, there's Navigon and TomTom. I mean, the mainstream, uh, mainstream kind of apps, and those are usable in a sense. I mean, they don't give you the look around stuff. I guess you could use. Um, there's Dotwalker for Android, which is uh, pretty nice. I, I, I'm not sure if people have used Symbian here before, but it reminds me a bit of the Lodestone app that was uh, on that platform. And, but basically what it does is it lets you uh, create markers, and it tells you uh, what direction this marker is in and how far away. Oh, that's also, really interesting. But what Gosh, it also could that? do is... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What it can also do is, uh, based on a Google Maps uh, direction overlay, it can link your instructions on, on when you should be taking them to those markers. So it should say, for example, uh, 50 meters east, turn left. And that way you could actually build it into a sort of crude turn-by-turn uh, GPS app. And you even have look-around functions as well, so it's a kind of double thing. That sounds great. Do cool. we have something comparable to that here in the, in the States? It's, 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 it's a worldwide app. You can use it in the States as well. Mm. What What's the name of it again? Yeah. It's called Dot Walker, as in D-O-T Walker. Ah, okay. Department of Transportation here. Yeah, yeah as in a Braille dot. <laughs> oh, okay. As in a Braille dot. <laughs> I have a question. Um, how for the Android folks? How does one know, or does one know, when you pick up a phone from you know anywhere? Uh, what is there a way yet to know what operating system you're using? Uh, for yeah. instance, I think Jelly Bean. Can you go? Is, I I don't know. Maybe Chris, you might know here in the states. If you go into a carrier, any Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, whatever, can you, do they know to give you a phone that's the latest phone and if it will most have? Most of them don't. Okay, okay most the upgrade. Of them, yeah, most of them don't. Uh, okay. I, I would go pre-armed with that information. Uh, okay. You know, if you want Jelly Bean or Kit Kat, uh, some, of the newer car- some of the newer phones like the, I think the Moto, Moto X, is yeah. running KitKat on the carriers now as well. So, let's see if but someone you else go wants in, to go ahead. You would go into settings and about, and then you could get the version number from there. Yeah, that's when you have the phone. Right, and exactly. What, yeah. you, what you actually can do is, and that's what what I basically usually do uh, when I need to find out this kind of information is first uh, Google the smart na- the, the smartphone name you're you're actually looking for. Oh. And uh, you can check on the date of release uh, what operating system it came with. So you can see, for example, it launched with Android 4.1 Jelly Bean. And then you can check on, for example, the uh, manufacturer's website or perhaps uh, other Google sources, for example, blogs or, or articles, to see if any updates were released for that later on. 
Excellent. So in that way, you can actually you can you can track it down. It, it, it's 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 a bit of a looking for, but you you can track it down. So you have to do a lot of detective work. You can't rely on anyone in the store to to actually know what. Well, they you're they can getting. actually check. They can they can actually get a phone out of. I guess you guys have these display cases where you can try them or see them in action at least. That's where a store owner could go and click about phone and just the the, the top most option I think says Android so and so. And I have another question. We just we know someone who just switched from iOS to Android. Having said that, they are fully sighted. But one of the things they said was they have a, a productivity tool such as, I guess it sounded like they have the Office Suite, which of course you know is Word, Excel, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Is that is that standard, or do you can you, you download that from the Play Store? Is it is it called Office? Do you have access to Office, or is it Google Docs, or what might it be? Um, if you know. Do you know this? I don't. Um, I thought that they had mentioned on the Ice Free list earlier, either today or yesterday, that Quick Office was accessible under KitKat. And Actually, I've heard, I've heard similar. Yes, it's it's sort of in the, this more small, uh, sort of scaled down version of, of of an Office suite. So yeah, that would be productivity oh. on a phone. And I think I'm not sure about this, so don't quote me on this, but. Uh, a lot of the Google apps are accessible, or at least more accessible than their iOS counterparts for the most part. I don't know if the same is true for Google Docs. I really don't know. Okay. Thank you. You can, do, you can get the Chromebox for your um, computer, and that's, that's how you can do it. Or, or actually, Google Docs on the PC, just as an aside, works tremendously well with NVDA these days. I was surprised by that this week. Ah, that's, that's good to know. That's news, that's news. yeah. Actually, very timely, actually. <laughs> I was playing with, I, I'm working in a project group for my computer science class, and I was playing with that. Uh, you can actually easily edit spreadsheets now. It, it tells you what you're editing, and even at painting, I was tabbing around a, 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 a drawing someone made, and it said line, box, and cloud, and it actually said the uh, content as well. That blew, that blew me awake. I mean, you can't wow. see what's connecting. Wow. You can't see yet what is connecting what, but this is a huge step forward. Uh, an accessible painting, that's pretty wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a sort of sketch for uh, concepting, mind mapping, and all that stuff. That's great. Do you have anything in Android that is, like one of the things I'll do if, uh, is, uh, I have an app called SoundHound, and in a restaurant, up will go my hand with my phone to identify music. Do you have anything like that? Yes, Android? actually, SoundHound exists for Android, so does Shazam. The whole thing is there as well. Oh, excellent. Okay. What were you going to say? What the only thing was what, Florian? Um, no. Oh, I thought you said... Oh, and what did a you Shazam, say at the end, right? A Shazam. That's another um, oh, identifier. Oh, Shazam. And the, yeah, there's, a, there's a whole lot of things. Some people even make their own. For I think Motorola has their own... Uh, no, Sony Ericsson, actually, Sony Ericsson actually has their own uh, sound identification thing going, I believe. AT&T used to have one also, yeah. What was the name? I missed the name. AT&T also used to have one included with their older phones. It was called AT&T Music ID, and it was a for-fee music search function. What I really like, and this is sort of an Android thing, you you wouldn't dream of doing this on iOS, but what you can do on Android, if you want to, is put a lock screen widget that actually does this for you. So you... 
you can do this from the lock screen, which eliminates these few seconds. You have to bring up the app, click the identification button. Sometimes you don't have that kind of time. This is very nice. So you can really catch it on the fly then. That's really great. Just just click the lock button and tap it and it goes. I have a um, an Android question. This might be really stupid to you guys, but I um, I was playing with my the next my Nexus Seven a few weeks ago, and I don't even remember how this happened, but all of a sudden something a music file started playing, and I couldn't for the life of me get it to stop, and I couldn't hear talkback uh, enough to navigate to the music player to stop it. To, play, to press the stop button, so I couldn't figure it out, so I had to kind of reboot the whole thing. And I'm just wondering, do you guys know, is there a quick key, a quick uh, hand gesture or command that would just stop playback of, of a track that's on the device? Not by default, no. But no. Okay. no. Uh, one thing you could do in, in, for the future, though, is yeah. go into TalkBack and turn the ducking setting on if you... When TalkBack is talking, mm. it would lower the volume of the media like it does on iOS. Okay, that's yeah, a good thing. That would, that would have to give you the chance to... Well, also, what you can do is what uh-huh. I usually do. I, I, have a, I have a personal assistant app on my Android called Utter. A U-T-T-E-R exclamation point, actually, which, which activ- you can activate it by shaking your phone. And uh-huh. when that prompt comes up, that speech recognition prompt comes up, the music halts. It always pauses. And you can do, for example, kill music player. You can say that, and it just takes care of it for you. I mean, that's that's a good point. In a pinch, that would work. That's great to know. Yeah, because I was—that's one of the things. Like where, for you know, I have um, where I actually appreciate some of the hand gestures that uh, iOS has put in. Like I can stop playback regardless of what screen I'm on, regardless of what am uh, what app I'm in, and things like that. And it's always kind of just right there for me to man it to you know to handle it right away so uh, that's uh frustrating and and your advice is well taken and good to know thanks i'm wondering if there is maybe a tweak i mean this this could also be useful for sighted people to uh mm-hmm. do some sort of gesture to help play back oh, there might be something there I, I would have to look that up and maybe i could even build it myself I don't. I mean, honestly, I don't even know how the music started because I was not even. I was not in the player. <laughs> I was never in the player to begin with. It just. I, I must have. Well, I was remote controlling your phone. Sorry about that. <laughs> Maybe yeah. There's, there's some ghost in my closet that's re- that's uh that's playing with that control. It was really very frustrating. It's sort of like a pocket dialer. Yes. Yeah, it was kind of like that, except it was sitting on a counter. <laughs> it's a counter dialer. I, I don't know. Ooh. But, um, yeah, my, my apartment apparently time. is haunted. Uh-huh. Let's see if we can take another call. I'm going to try this one more time. Okay. Hello, 212821. Hello? Right not. Hello? Oh, you don't want to ask a question? Oh, that was me. Are you asking me? Is that Dory? Hi, Dory. Oh, my God, I didn't know. I I didn't want to ask a question. I'm just (laughs) listening. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hi, is this Dory Rush? It is Dory Rush. Hi, Dory. How are you? You sure you don't want to ask a question? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. Dory Rush from, from what's the name of your company now? Lighthouse. Guild International. There we go. All right. 
And and do you, should I just put you back on hold, or would you? Yeah, like, ask I, a question? whatever you're doing, you know, you came to me. I never requested to speak, so. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> so. You just got a call in. Well, we have a lot of people on the line. Let's see. Let's try. Hello, 646-932. Hello? Oh, they put themselves back on hold. They hung up. Okay. Um. <laughs> They're shy. <laughs> I guess so. I guess Stop calling out my number. <laughs> Anyway, who well. are you people? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where <laughs> <laughs> did you get this number? Well, I have questions, of course. <laughs> Do right, you Liz. have, and would you say uh, that they're accessible, uh, Facebook and Twitter apps that you like and that you find fully accessible or at least reasonably accessible? Yep. Okay. What are, what are their names? What are they called? Uh, for Twitter, I recommend tweeting. So do I. <laughs> is that T-W-I-T-T-I-N-G? No, it's uh, T-W-E-E-T-I-N-G. Oh, tweeting? Oh, okay. Yeah. And for Facebook, there's a number. Actually, the Facebook app itself works reasonably well. I am more partial towards Friendcaster. I have heard people use Hootsuite for this as well. I'm not sure. Are you using Chris? I don't use Facebook. Ah, that would... Uh, now what yeah. about LinkedIn? Now a lot of people say LinkedIn is very is very inaccessible. Is there an app that makes it more accessible? I've tried the LinkedIn app, Sherry. Um it started out uh very nice and then they uh d- changed it in some way and and now it's just a pain, frankly. Mm. I don't but, know on uh, that to be honest. I haven't I have a LinkedIn account. I made it sometime. I go on a whim, and I never look back on it. Uh-huh. Well, Florian, I was almost there with the same. I, was, I could have said the same thing, except I really did try to upgrade. Uh, upgrade, I'm sorry, to update my status, and uh, it just became, it, it was just too much. I think that was about all I could do. I, it was difficult to connect to people, and uh, and it, I, I got a little tired of it. <laughs> I never really liked that that social network to begin with, but no, I don't. I don't think... This would the situation on Android would be any different. I, I haven't played with this. I really don't know. But if the website's a horrible, I mean, it's not. It's it's usable, but it's horrible. And yes, apparently usable. iOS is right. as well. So I guess Android is as horrible as well. <laughs> what I'm actually, yeah. what I actually Way like, uh, <laughs> I was I was bored one day and I tried the uh, BlackBerry Messenger app for uh, Android. Hmm. And it actually worked rather well. And then the next day, I saw people whinging on, uh, complaining on the iOS uh, Apple Viz thing that it was horribly uh, difficult to use. I'm like, hey, this is Android, and it's fine. <laughs> I mean, sure, you had, you had to do a few extra things, but it was, it was very usable, really. Well, that's good. What was that, Lynn? I was going to ask, how about games? Do, do you or Chris have any favorite games you like? I know yeah. games are a huge thing in iOS as well. They're a bit less less so on Android. Okay. So, yeah, there is, of course, the browser-based games you can play. 
And what you can do on Android, which you cannot do on iOS, is uh, download uh, what's called emulators. And these are uh, these are programs that emulate a certain game console. Now think of, for example, a Nintendo 64 or a uh, an arcade machine. And that way you can play those type of games. I mean, for example, uh, the gamers are often playing, when it comes to console games, they're also playing fighting games. These are playable on uh, Android devices, especially when they have a keyboard of some kind connected. But actual native games, no, not, not so much. There's a couple, but it's, it's really slim in that department right now. Okay. okay. Well, that's going to be all the time we've had. I really want to thank you all for calling in. Thank our guests, Florian Bayers, Gus Chalkius, Lynn Tatum, Chris Grabowski. I appreciate you calling in and sharing your insights today. And if... Um, if people want to get in touch with you, we'll post um, information about you on our show page, all right? And thanks to all nice. of you who called in and listened to our podcast. And if you'd like to keep up with all of the great things we're doing here at CCVIP, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and you can find out more about our classes by going to our website, www.baruch.cuny.edu, or call us at 646 312 one four two nine. Uh, ciao for now. Thanks everybody for being on. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Bye. Thank you for having us. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.
Don't wait. Get this limited-time holiday offer only from Fios. Click the banner to get incredibly fast 150 meg internet TV and phone for only $79.99 per month online for the first year. Plus, you'll get a $200 Visa prepaid card with a two-year agreement. This offer is now extended to December 16th.